Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 103.7 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. This is day two. We're out of Le Triumph. It is the one day of this week that the least is going on. It's 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 always been a practice day where the players in the tournament kind of come and go as they please. And the, the, the pro-ams are on Monday and Wednesday, which are very hectic with people everywhere. And, and then obviously the competitive tournament starts on Thursday and Friday. But Tuesday's the most laid back day of the five days, uh, weekdays anyway, of Louisiana open week. Um, and so that means there's more parking spots. And so that, you know, that, that's a good thing. Uh, for impatient drivers like myself, so it was uh, that it was a lot easier yesterday. Was got a little tricky because uh, when I was getting into my car, all of a sudden a golf ball hit the vehicle, and so I'm much more. I was glad that it hit didn't hit me, uh, and so that that part was good. So it's kind of a kind of a force uh, a four situation. I heard when Jay called yesterday. Um, he um, said, you know, he was tempted to say four, and sometimes that's necessary. Uh, I, 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 maybe Raymond, the walrus, has practiced saying four for his golf excursions. It's tomorrow's the first big day, right? I think tomorrow is the first big day where the walrus go, attacks the course here at Le Triumph. So we'll see how um, how, how that plays out. Oh, man, I don't. I'm trying to remember the last time I played golf. It's it's been a while. I mean, uh, he, he did say he went out with his uh, brother-in-law out to the range to practice. To oh, he's been practicing. Oh, he's, he's holding out information on us here. Oh yeah. So he's been practicing. Yes, but he does uh, play tomorrow in the afternoon. So. Well, I don't blame him. I mean, I'm gonna you need, need video footage. You know bit. how we'll have video footage though for us. I um. What time does he play? Is he as he? Uh, he has not announced re- that. Revealed to me. that information yet? No, he did not let me know. He says I'm playing in the afternoon. Ben said, "What time? I need to get somebody out there so they can go take video for us." Yeah, that that. I need uh, proof. I, you know, we know someone who's pretty powerful part of this whole shindig, um, Mr. Danny Jones. So maybe Ooh. maybe we need to um, see what Danny can do to get us some video. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'll have his number. I'll have to message him about it. We'll call that um, sabotage, maybe. Mm. You got it? Yes. Intriguing. Yes. All right. So the um, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, has your opinion changed on this whole Deshaun Watson situation? I, You know, John McClain said that he reported yesterday that – the Saints and the Arnolds were the only teams that he didn't say no to within today's meeting with the Browns. So, obviously, he didn't say no to all other teams. Uh, but that's just, you know, the way these reports go. But so, you know, we'll see. You, you wonder, 
you know, I've been worried about him going to the Arnold since last year. And I still am. And they're obviously on a short list of options for him at this point as far as being as is being reported. But I just wonder if you're Deshaun Watson, would you go to a place? Would you go to Arnaville when there's so much negativity around Matt Rule right now? Look, I, it looks like I'm going to be dead wrong about Matt Rule, and I'm very glad. I, I was really concerned when they got him. I thought that they could have something going there. I was, um, you know, obviously they've had a rough time since he's been there because McCaffrey's been so hurt. But I, I kind of I, I was worried that they were doing a lot. I mean, there was a two years ago, like three quarters of the way through the season, they were leading the NFL in the fewest number of three and outs. And I was just, I was thinking, man, it, it just seemed like they've got a good design. If they can get healthy players, it could be a problem. But it, it, it didn't, it has not worked out that way. And boy, am I, I'm, I'm very relieved to be, to be wrong about that. And so hopefully that continues. And so, you know, so so you know, if you believe the quote unquote talk that he's you know, he's certainly not things are not a disaster situation like they were in Jacksonville, and we'll get to Jacksonville a little bit later. But it you know, he's still college coaches and pro coaches are just different. Uh it, it's it's just a different dynamic. And college coaches uh, are more like dictators and NFL coaches. It, it's it's hard to be that way, uh, and and I I just wonder. You know, I don't know that it's working all that well. So, if the dynamic isn't as good, and if there's a reasonable chance that if things don't go well, he may not be the coach very long in Arnaville. You wonder if I'm Deshaun Watson. Is that a place I want to go? Now, on the flip side, you have. Dennis Allen's in his first year, so you would think, one, that doesn't make him an established head coach because he's not, but he has been in New Orleans for, what, 12 of the last 15 years, something like that, and, you know, you figure the Saints are going to give him more than one year unless something really crazy happens. So you would think there's more stability there, but who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see how how that plays out. And, um, you know, it may not take that long. You know, if we hear any, if we would hear something today, I, that wouldn't be shocking. I kind of think it would be more like tomorrow, but, you know, I don't think it would surprise anybody if some decision is made today. So, uh, we got some opinion about that yesterday. Um, has your opinion changed? Uh, are you more entrenched in your opinion about yay or nay on whether it would be good to do it? Or are you kind of more like me? I, I, I kind of go both ways in that what, what do I like the idea of the Saints acquiring a franchise quarterback in his prime, in a, a young franchise quarterback in his prime? Yeah, that kind of has a ring to it. But do I want to give up anything to get him? Hmm. I don't know about that. I uh, I wouldn't go quite that far. Some people are, and so I'm kind of I can go either way on this. And um, you know, we'll just kind of wait and see. So certainly going to continue to to follow that. I, I heard Raymond talking about 
the Carlos Correa situation. Um, that also is a bit, you know, in a wait-and-see mode. It sounds more possible. You know, I, I kept, and I mentioned this several times, you know, at the end of last season and as the offseason began, I kept thinking about JT Riomuto. And he was supposed to leave, and he was supposed to leave, and then at the, and it just kept dragging on, and it kept dragging on, and then all of a sudden he resigned with Philly. So I kept that example. Every time we talked about Carlos Correa's situation, that example kind of kept ringing in my mind. You never know. I mean, I you know I I think everyone, all the reports had Riomuto going somewhere else, and it turned out that he didn't. So we will see how. All of that plays out and, and monitor that as well. I don't, you know, the the recent talk about that, is it going to come up in one of these little shenanigan contracts where he signs a multi-year deal and it's really not going to be a multi-year deal. It's going to be a one-year deal where he's going to have the option to return. But, I mean, after one year, he can just leave. And then that way him and Scott Bars can go make all the extra money that they had planned to make prior to the lockout so if he does come to Houston that's it's probably gonna just be a one-year deal but again you, you we've seen I mean you don't know what's gonna happen I mean no one thought the lockout would last or you know I guess some did some people you know the buster onies of the world thought that the sport would never play again if you listen to them but um but you know no one knew how all of that was gonna play out 99 days and 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 then he he he's not really going through a normal negotiation like theoretically he would be able to a year from now. Of course, three years from now, we didn't know that a pandemic was coming and that kind of messed up plans all over the world as well. So you 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 just you don't know, but it just chances are if he signs a one year deal or a multi year deal with a one year buyout. I mean, you know, option to to get out of it. Um, a year from now, he'll be able to do closer to what he was planning on doing this offseason. And look, if he comes to Houston for one year and he plays great, um, if he comes to Houston, I want him to play great. I would love if he came to Houston that he had his first MVP season of his career and, and his stock goes up um, and the Astros go back to the World Series. That all sounds great to me. Tremendous. By the way, um. Freddie Freeman, another name that we that's been talked about a lot yesterday. So right after, shortly after we got off the air yesterday, the news came back about uh, the Matt Olson trade to the Braves. Now the recent team, we've been hearing about the Punks, but the recent team now, the new team in there is the Red Sox. So... Freddie Freeman Brave fans, what would be less nauseating, going to the Punks or going to the Red Sox? Less nauseating? Red Sox? Okay. The Walrus votes Red Sox. So, And they've also talked about the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. That, to me, came out of left field. I think he's from California, so I thought the whole Punks thing was just going home or going closer to home. Toronto is not close to California, and neither is Boston. 
So I don't, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about all that. Matt Olson got to go home. He's from Georgia, so. And uh, he, he's going to get a lot of money, and they gave up a lot to get him. So that was, that was an interesting trade. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll discuss all of these subjects on a very, very busy time. And, yeah, the NCAA tournament kind of kicks off tonight as well. So we can um, discuss that as well if you would like. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the footlish dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and start and go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints, also known as Alvin Camara. Now, back to the man with his very own language Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot at the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know, I was thinking if Z28 suspension is very long, we might have to change his nickname to like Mike Tyson or something. Um, we'll see how that plays out, but uh, not, not too happy with Z28. Of course, that's what happens when you try to turn a Ferrari into a dump truck. Um, they start acting like dump trucks and um at at that um I don't you know I don't know that that has anything to do with any Deshaun Watson or anything like that but there's certainly a lot of big decisions that the Saints have to make not just going going right now as they try to get Deshaun Watson to be the quarterback of the future but like you know what what is this next year going to be after a year of being held essentially being held where the offense was kind of held hostage for two seasons by Michael Thomas and Plastic Man, and they got him back. And so um, we'll see how, how all that plays out. Before we get back into all that, I want to let you know that, again, we are out at Le Triumph for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, presented by Miss Strauss. And we are here all week thanks to the following sponsors, Tibbs Trailers, you think in trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed flatbeds and hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusan. Rope, Soap, and Dope, Acadiana's workplace authority for over 20 years, offers supplies for all your industrial, safety, and janitorial needs online at ropesoapanddope.com. Or visit their showroom on Highway 90 to find out where how they can help your business. The Cigar Merchant, you're always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant, Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located in the Oil Center. And Golf Connection USA, GolfConnectionLouisiana.com. Tailor-made stealth drivers are in local vari- a large variety, I should say, of golf bags and shoes. Golf Connection USA, located 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. Also want to remind you about the ultimate crawfish boil. If you would like to, 
win the following list of prizes. Two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astro game. Sign up today at the Rewards Club uh, on one of the two websites, and you might win the great ultimate crawfish ball brought to you by JJ Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. Man, I, we had a little family birthday party last evening uh, for one of my nephews, and one uh, another one of my nephews and his girlfriend said they recently went ate at Cody's Crawfish and had rave reviews, so... Uh, you would want to um, to win that that great prize. All right, something. Uh, one of the things that I we've talked about on the show over the years, and I basically use some version of it over and over again. And I think talking to a friend yesterday, and and he basically said, you know, what you always say, here's a prime example of why you're right about that. So you know how I am. If someone's going to tell me I'm right, we need to discuss that situation. So um, one of the things I kind of determined or uh, realized as a, as a sicko sports fan early in my life was you got to be a team guy, not an individual. It's about the team. And, this whole Freddie Freeman situation is another prime example of it. You get tied up in a player, what happens when that player leaves? If you don't get tied up in a player, you can like players, but if you don't get tied up in a player, you you can't like um, you know, your whole world doesn't have to fall apart. And so we um we have a brave fan friend and and he um you know, he's in the Freddie Freeman's not in with the Braves anymore. You know, I hope he crashes and burns for the rest of his career and he's having a meltdown. So, again, it's another example is it's great loving players. Uh, and some people, that's all they like is players. And, again, it's a free country. Do, do what you want. But this is another example of it's got to be about the team, in my opinion. It's healthier that way. Because you you know if you get too tied up in players when they leave, I mean you can't even do it like you know I can remember when I was younger when free agency started happening. Well, everyone you know the major league baseball, I mean uh, professional sports got all this negative from people. Oh, they they just leave. I mean you get to know these players and then they leave. Well. You, you certainly can't do that at the high school or college level. Now, in college these days, you got guys that stay around for seven years because of COVID, but that, that's just a, you know, once-in-a-lifetime kind of situation. For the most part, 90-some percent of players in high school, for sure, they, they're around for four years max, and then they're going, maybe five years, and they're going. And so the, you, you certainly, it certainly has to be about the 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 school or the program uh, at those two levels because no one's going to be around for any more than four, maybe five years uh, other than a COVID situation or a, a rare where you get some guys, you know, like the Justin Venable situation where he played Cajun football for seven years because he was constantly injured. But, um, but in pro sports, you know, you can have guys that stay around for 10, 12, 15 years. 
you know, or in Craig Biggio's case, 20 years uh, with the Astros. And so, yeah, and that you're going to get that every once in a while. But if they leave, I mean, if you're a fan of a team, what are you going to do? Just give up? I mean, just totally melt down and, and hate being a – that's why, again, I learned early on. I learned it with uh, Chuck Muncie and Tony Galbraith. I mean, Tony Galbraith um, – was drafted by the Saints when I was 10 years old. If you if you tell me, you say, who's your favorite Saints player of all time? I would say Tony Galbraith. And and yet he left. You know, he didn't play his whole career with the Saints. He actually, I had to watch him win a Super Bowl with the Giants. That was kind of, I guess I was kind of happy for him, but it was also kind of sickening. Uh, Chuck Muncie left. My favorite all-time Astro was Cesar Cedeno. He left. Went play for the Cardinals. And uh, I'm going to say he played for the Reds, too, at the end of his career. But I, I learned early on, I mean, you, you can't do this to yourself. So you just have to – it has to be about the team. And obviously you get infatuated with players and you like players. It's like I love everything Drew Brees ever did for the Saints, but never had a Brees jersey. And I was a diehard Saints fan before Drew Brees got there. I was a diehard Saints fan before Drew Brees was even born. So why am I going to not follow the Saints anymore because Drew Brees is not on it? I don't even understand that mentality. It just doesn't even make sense to me. And so, um, you know, if, if you remember how my my opinion of when Drew Brees was here, I said I want him to be the Saints quarterback until he decides he can't throw anymore or someone decides that for him, and then and then you move on. And that's exactly what's happened, and I'm – I'm fine with it. Some people, oh, he should have done. No, I don't worry about all that. Um, but, no, I think that's the danger. And, and Freddie Freeman is a prime example of, um, you know, every once in a while you're going to get, as the Braves fans are saying, a Chipper, Chipper Jones or, like, I just the example, the Astro example I just brought up with, um, with Craig Biggio. But that's not going to happen very often where they play their entire career one place. So, yeah, would I like Carlos Correa to be an Astro forever? Yes. But as long, in my mind, as long as he doesn't go um, to the Red Sox, the Punks, or the Yankees, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be fine with it. I mean, I got I I will hold no ill will towards Correa if that happens. Um, my daughter Riley is looks at things a little differently. But again, another prime example, in my opinion, of why you just have to um, it, it? Why I believe it's better to be a team guy than an individual. Because when the individual leaves, then I guess what some people do is they just follow them. But then what if they retire? I guess they and I guess you just pick up a new one. I mean, I don't know. I just can't operate that way. Anyway, again, the game hotline is seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one one one. Not really a game day. Obviously, we have games tonight in the NCAA tournament. And one thing I do really like about the the new NCAA tournament is it's probably my favorite thing the NCAA tournament has done in the last you know, however many years. And that is they have the play-in game for like, um, you know, the, the last – four teams to get in or the lowest 
not not the last four teams to get in. The lowest ranked or the lowest seeded teams that got automatic bids. For instance, you know, it hit me right. It hit me the day that the Cajuns were playing last Monday. Cajuns were playing Georgia State in Pensacola, and it hit me that if the Cajuns win this game, they're going to be in the play-in game. And then that got really echoed by um, the fact that Georgia State got a 16 seed. And I think there's something that would have been kind of cool about that, actually. Because the the play-in game is is actually an NCAA tournament game. So if you win the play-in game, you can say you won a game in the NCAA tournament. It's part of the NCAA tournament. And not too many teams at that level even really have a realistic chance. Now it happens Every once in a while over the years, you'll get like a two to what has there been one one seed that's ever been beaten, and then there's been a couple 15s that have won, but it doesn't happen very often. There's been a lot more 14s that have won, and obviously a lot of 12s and 13s, but the teams that are in that bottom four playing in the play in game, you know, their chances of winning are is very, very, very small. But so I think playing in the playing game and actually having a chance to win a tournament game would be kind of a cool experience. But what I really like is the fact that the la- it's what I originally said, the last four teams to get in, in other words, the 11 seeds, the last at-large, the ones that survived the bubble, teams like Indiana, who were, have to kind of play a play-in game. I think that's great. I, I love that's my favorite because it, it's kind of you get kind of that um that flavor of um you know the baseball one day playoff game uh that that's kind of going away um and so I like that in Indiana who the Cajuns played earlier this year is one of the teams that's in that so and I think that that's a lot of pressure it just seems like uh, it adds great drama for those games. I, I, I really, I think that's the favorite thing. I think that's the best thing the NCAA tournament has done. I mean, I guess it was a great thing. I can remember when there were 32, and it, it was, and it, when I was really became a, a college basketball fan, it was 48. Uh, and so I guess the move to 64 was really good, but but since that move. Um, this is the I I really like what they've done that and the other thing that are you know is they kind of got it off the home courts now it's still very regional like for instance I you know I've uh, heard some LSU fans like if they win they they beat Iowa State then they got to play Wisconsin and Wisconsin that still happens but at least nobody's playing on their on their home court anymore that that was a good move but I really like this eleven seeds playing. Um, in, in essentially a play-in game. That's kind of cool. I like the fact that they did that. All right, we'll take a timeout. Uh, come back with more. We'll get to more Major League Baseball issues. Have some thoughts on Cajun baseball as they go into a game against McNeese tomorrow. And softball is um, they play Texas tomorrow and then return to conference play over the weekend. Um, and then, you know. Any thoughts that you have on Deshaun Watson, Carlos Correa, or anything else going on in the world of the NFL and Major League Baseball, certainly feel 
free to call. We'll take a break. Come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, certainly feel free to give us a call if you want to, again, discuss any more about any of the trade situations going on, the in the NFL, things are, are get look tomorrow. The, a lot of news in the NFL. A lot of interesting signings. I mean, in Jacksonville, they are wheeling and dealing right now. It's going uh, crazy. What's going on in Jacksonville? Signing people left and right. You know, Evan Ingram has been very, um, mu- you know, much maligned since he's been in the league. A lot of drops, but I was always kind of intrigued by him. And Jacksonville signed him. Yesterday, Teddy Bridgewater signed with the Dolphins. Um, I was kind of hoping Teddy would come back to New Orleans to be the backup quarterback, no matter who was the quarterback, whether it was Deshaun or or Jameis Winston. Uh, I think Teddy's a really good backup, and I know he seemed to enjoy his time, and the city kind of embraced him when he was here. But Teddy's from Miami, so, you know, at this point in his career, why not go if you're going to be a backup quarterback somewhere? Uh, go home and be a backup quarterback. That made sense. So I got that, but I was kind of hoping he'd um, he um, would come back to the Saints, but it didn't quite work out that way. Uh, before we get back to it, want to remind you about the Hangout Music Festival. Uh, it's returning this summer to Gulf Shores, or May the twentieth through the twenty second. If you would like to win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival. Uh, all you need to do is go to the website and join the game clubhouse and you might win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival, Gulf Shores, Alabama, once again, May 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama, thanks to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right. So um, getting back to the Saints and Deshaun Watson. And, again, we'll be talking to Bobby Nuevo, some Cajun softball, and we'll talk a little Cajun baseball as well in, in, in the next hour. But I saw another take of a trade yesterday that obviously intrigued me even more than some of the trade rumors we heard, yes, you know, heard yesterday earlier on the show. And I think we all should understand that – the rumors that are out there on the internet, you know, net, I mean, they, they might not be anywhere near what the teams are actually talking about. But the one I saw yesterday was three first round picks, two third round picks, uh, 
Andrews, Pete, and Batman for Deshaun Watson and Aquaman, who is um, Brandon Cooks. Wouldn't that be funny if the Saints ended up next year with no Batman, which I hope doesn't happen, but uh, if it needs to 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 make to get a reasonable deal done, I guess. And they and they got they acquired Superman, Mark Ingram back last year, and then if they would get Aquaman back in this trade, wow, that would be kind of strange. But obviously, him um, that name being thrown into this kind of could 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 um, sweeten the pot a little bit. So that you know that that would be another potential. Um, you know, angle that might sway someone like me that that that's on the fence about whether this is a good move or not. And of course, like we always say, it doesn't matter what we think. It's just part of the fun of having sports talk radio for people to give their opinion. So, um, we will um, continue to monitor that for for sure. But no, that you know. That would be five draft picks. That would be an awful lot. And hopefully they don't have to give away, in addition to three draft picks, any more second and third round type picks because it's hard enough to survive and build a team without first round picks for three years. And I'm wondering if the Rams example of we don't care if we have draft picks is starting to impact other people where they're saying, look, they just won the Super Bowl. They didn't have any draft picks. So maybe we need to stop coveting them quite so much. I, you know, it is a copycat, copycat league, as they say. So maybe that's part of it. But I still believe that you have to. And when you look at what the Saints have done, over the last five years, the Saints would not have won that many games over the last five years had they not drafted well. It just they wouldn't have happened. I mean, you know, it, it, this rejuvenation started with the 2017 draft, which is a you know t- probably a top three draft in in Saint history, and so they um, you you got to draft well. And, and I understand that everything is not about draft picks, but to abandon the draft, I think is foolish. I, 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 I still, even though they just won the Super Bowl, I still don't totally agree with what the the strategy that the Rams have done. But and I, I think it's going to come back and bite them at one point, and look forward to that day happening. But it's um, I, I think you got to keep as many second and third round picks as you can because the truth of the matter is, you know, that's day one was a has been a good player, and they picked him at eleven. Right ahead of, or right behind, I should say, Patrick Mahomes. But um, so many of their the players who have done so well that they've drafted, you know, um, Z twenty eight Kamara, and Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and uh, Ramcheck was a first round pick, but he was picked at the very end of the first round. So many Michael Thomas was a second round pick. So many of these guys that they've got were not first round picks. So. Uh, I think it would be um, it would behoove them in terms of trying to be responsible towards the future of this franchise and try not if they can if they do make this trade, you know, giving up three first rounders is tough enough. But if you give up multiple 
uh, second and third round picks, and that that becomes complicated because then you're really hurting your your chances of, of replenishing, other than free agency, which is a whole lot more expensive than um, than trying to fill holes with, with with draft picks. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to David. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, sir. Man, I'm just in uh in I guess La La Land thinking about. How many teams go from like a franchise quarterback to another one? You know, that just well the Col- the Colts did it, and then it didn't last long. the The um, Packers have been living in that you know for for decades, but other than the Colts and the Packers, not too many. Right? Can you imagine if we do that? That just now, I'm thinking like, do you think that Sean Payton going to another team and us getting compensation for that is like factoring into you know you know that is yeah that is a fascinating uh, thought yes yes i didn't i don't know that i've actually considered that i did at the beginning of the process but uh not so much into sean watson but in terms of why the saints you know seem to be they don't seem to be too upset maybe they feel like that's a way to rebuild but that is a great point i i I haven't really heard a lot of people discuss that or anyone for that matter. Yeah. I don't know. That might be factoring into, like, you know. They might have. Yes. No, I think that's a great idea, a great uh, thought. They might have. I mean, they obviously don't know what Sean Payton's about to do, but they might have a pretty good inkling uh, talking to him that, you know, he's going to try this TV deal for a year or two and then. And then and then maybe try to coach again. So what do you think um, about uh, getting Jarvis, Jarvis Landry? Very intriguing. Man, like uh, disguise, you know, so. <laughs> he's been injured. Uh, but you know, you know, there's been a lot of rumors yet of a lot of guys coming home. I mean, you know, we talked Tyron Matthew from New Orleans. We've talked right. now Jarvis Landry. People are talking about maybe coming to the Saints uh, from Lutcher and. You know, both played at LSU. Obviously, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, he's they need wide receiver, veteran wide receiver help, no question. He has had injury concerns, so they'll have to kind of obviously get a good read on where he is in his injury. You know, in terms of how healthy he is long term. But no, I, he's a veteran receiver. He would probably love coming here. So I'm all for it. I con- conceptually. Okay, and one last thing I'm hearing uh, about that Tyron Matthew thing. I'm hearing the the market for Marcus Williams might not be as high as they were originally thinking. Why would that be, though? I I don't know. (laughs) I I couldn't tell you, you know. That would be surprising, but go ahead. Maybe we could get him back, you know. (laughs) If he sees that we get, like, Deshaun Watson, maybe that might entice him to come back, you know. Well, I mean, again, I don't know the money nearly as much as obviously Mickey Loomis does, but uh, and I'm I'm not a great financial guy anyway, but uh, numbers guy anyway. But uh, you know, it just seemed like they they if they do Deshaun Watson and they get Marcus Williams, I mean, how how can they sign all these people? It just seems like it seems like too much. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they'll give some and somebody like, else up. You know but, what was also interesting is like that. I've heard from the beginning, but, like, I don't know how, you know, it's all rumors or whatever, but, like, them trading back Courtney Rovey to the Texans, 
and part of that Deshaun Watson deal and not to free up cap space. Well. That would be something. No, nice. and he, he does. They could get some cap relief from him. I, You know, and if they have to do that, they have to do that. But I, I, I really hope that they can – that that Courtney Roby could restructure and they could keep him because I love having oh, depth awesome. at cornerback. Yeah. I love having depth at cornerback. Yeah. All right, Kev. I appreciate it. All right. Very interesting thought. That again, that that's there's some uncertainty there. It's certainly not a lock because there's always a chance that um Sean Payton will do TV for a year and fall in love with it and be making mega money. And he said, why in the world would I go back to the headache of being a football coach when I can do this this TV gig for a lot longer probably and live a lot happier with less stress? So, hmm. So there's always that possibility, but I wonder if that does factor into the – Saints thought. Very good point by David. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour. Next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Also want to remind you, again, we are out at Le Triumph for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open. Today is a practice day for the pros. Tomorrow is the Pro-Am that um, our man RP3, a.k.a. the Walrus, will be participating in. And, you know, I've noticed he's not here anymore, hanging out like he did yesterday. And I don't see him taking pictures in the parking lot, so maybe he's practicing. He's getting sneaky in his old age, the Walrus. But anyway, want to, again, thanks, thank our sponsors, Tibbs Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, The Cigar Merchant, and Golf Connection USA for allowing us to be out here at Le Triumph. All week long, broadcasting for the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open. Also, want to remind you to go to our website, 1037.com, 103-1041thegame.com, and you might join the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you might win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. Again, the only way you can do that is if you join the Game Cup Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, I mentioned the NCAA tournament games tonight, just so you know, because I didn't know and I had to look it up. The games are on True TV, so hopefully you know where that is. I couldn't tell you. Um, but perhaps 
uh, you can find out or, or know. But the games are on True TV. J- former LSU coach Johnny Jones has taken Texas Southern back. And they will be playing Texas A&M Corpus Christi at 540. And then, as I said, Indiana will play Wyoming. Finnis Dembo versus Isaiah Thomas uh, at about 810. So, again, those two games are tonight. They're playing games from Dayton, Ohio on True TV. So, um, if you want to really start experiencing the March Madness and the, um, the NCAA, the excitement of the NCAA tournament, you will see, obviously, one and done single game kind of playing games tonight on True TV. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Once again, we are out at Latrium for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, brought to you by Mistross. And we'll be out here all week. Thanks to the sponsors, Tibbs, Trailers, Ropes, Open Dope, The Cigar Merchant, and Golf Connection USA. We've got lots of going on. We talk quite a bit about the Deshaun Watson Saints rumors. If you believe the reports... Yesterday afternoon, it looked like it was between the Saints and the Arnolds, but now he is meeting with the Browns today, and so may I, I'm assuming that means the Browns are part of the uh, one of his potential options as well. So if you have any more thoughts on that, certainly feel free to call. There are a lot of Major League Baseball, NFL things going on, uh, players signing left and right, and t- players being traded, and um, you know, a couple teams are really the, – the Jacksonville Jaguars are very aggressive. And, you know, a year ago in the summertime, everyone was really – well, I say everyone. A lot of the a lot of the fantasy football guys were raving about LaVisca Chenault, and he scored the same amount of touchdowns I did last season for Jacksonville. And, uh, and now he might be on the trade blocks, LaVisca Chenault. Great name. Kind of a um, – gadget type player they call him and so uh it'll be interesting to see who he could fit in with but no a lot of nfl a lot of nfl movements so certainly feel free to um discuss that as well again the game hotline is 706-0111 something that i keep hearing uh getting to the ncaa tournament and hitting you know more locally the lsu iowa state matchup is you could argue on one hand is an awful matchup in that you have one team in Iowa State who's not played very well for quite a while, and then you have a team in LSU who seems to be on the surface in turmoil because of LSU firing its head coach after NCAA 
um, you know, kind of inform them of what their plans are about to be. And everyone nationally and locally is almost assuming that LSU is going to play poorly. And I guess that's very possible and I guess would be understandable if they're a little distracted and they lose their edge or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, have we not seen teams that where things happen to them and the players rally together and play inspired? I mean, we've seen that story many times, whether it's a coach not being there or there's some sort of tragedy that they're dealing with that would seem to knock a team down. And then instead they kind of rally together uh, and go the other direction. I, I, I think it's a little presumptive, pres, you know, little presumptive for teams to say, for people to say, well, LSU's, they're in trouble. They might be in trouble, but is it really that far-fetched to say they're going to rally together and say, "Let okay, um, feel mistreated, us against the world, and go out and play really inspired basketball? I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't watch enough LSU basketball to know enough about their assistant coaches and what role they play during a game and how much um, on actual game day not having Will Wade there would decrease their chances of playing well. It's not like LSU has not had really, you know, probably 8 or 10 or 12 really good games this year. And, again, they're playing someone in Iowa State who's not – played well for the whole second half of the season. So I think that, you know, maybe from a train wreck sort of way, kind of an interesting matchup. And I think way too many people are assuming LSU is going to play bad. I'm not ready to make that assumption just yet, in terms, especially in terms of not who you're rooting for or not rooting for, but just in terms of making a prediction for an NCAA tournament bracket situation. All right, let's go to the game hotline and talk to Paul. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, another glorious day. Um, it's still Yankee day, still Yankee day. <laughs> Living a high horse. <laughs> man, the man's happy don't have Gary Sanchez, it sounds like. Yes, I'm very am. You know, I complain about that trash all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I'm so happy he's gone. But I called today, Foot, when I look at, when you see I was talking to her about draft picks and the thing and all of that, you know what I was going down in my head just off the dome? I mean, the team that I've remembered that better the ranch and traded draft picks like the Rams did to win it all, I mean, didn't Dallas kind of do it before the cap, and they did it when they got Dion, but the cap came in by then. You had some teams do it. Hey, matter of fact, San Francisco did it when they got with the Deion Sanders era back in 95. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a one, two-year thing, you know what I mean, because of all the money and everything. So your team not going to really stay together that long, but you win, do win the Super Bowl pretty much within three years. So, I mean, when I look at the picks, I mean, get rid of them picks if you're trying to win it all. You know, and you're trying to – I think it's easy to sit up here. It's not tampering at the moment, right, if you just decide to call Deshaun Watson up. Ask him, what, what, what do you need us to do to get you here? We get these pieces, I'll do this and I'll get you what you need. We get that, with, you know, you come. You know what I mean? I think it's easy to, to settle. To sit down and talk well, they can certainly negotiate. Yeah, they have talked to him. There's no question about that. And so I'm sure they got uh, his thoughts. 
again, we discussed it yesterday. It was reported. Doesn't mean it's accurate because we've seen evidence of that over the weekend mm-hmm. multiple times. But it was reported that his three priorities were stable head coach, an offensive line, and a good defense. And I don't, I don't know that this, you know, the Saints have a first-year head coach, but he's been with the Saints for 12 of the last 15 seasons, and the Saints are certainly a stable organization. And yeah. uh, offensive line, that, I guess there's some question marks there for sure after the way last season ended. Well, compared to some of the teams that has been naming that him talking to, we're more stable than them. I and agree. I heard you earlier mention most likely getting Brandon Cooks. Him and Brandon Cooks did good together. So that would that's the, that that could be something they talked about. Say, so, hey, you well, yeah, that, like that was a rumor. I, I don't know, no, but I, I could certainly see that happening. Now, yesterday, the Arnolds did pick up a guard that played for the um for the Rams, not the Cheaters, the Rams, mm-hmm. and uh and so he's you know started all the games for the Rams last year and won the Super Bowl. So they they're trying mm-hmm. to say, look, we're trying to address our offensive line and. Hopefully, while well, okay. I say signed, they agreed to terms with him. I guess they'll officially yeah. sign on wins tomorrow. But, but yeah, so they're trying to put their that's, fe- that's best foot forward as well. So well, I, I, they, they, they got to pull the dag on this one for the reasons that we all know of. Now, I looked at um, something else when y'all mentioned that Cheetah, well, the quitter, you know, you can't say his name, that's cursing. The quitter, they, 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 I think he's sitting back looking at the landscape and seeing what's out there for him when it's time come of teams. Like they got what the what he want, what he looking for, even the cowgirls, and it was they was reported that him and Tom Brady had a discussion about them going to Miami together. He want to coach Brady. He wanted Brady to come um with to us. They agreed, but Drew came out of retirement, and them going to Miami. He, and he told Tom like, hey, you get a chance to get revenge on him Belichick twice a year. So they were discussing that, but Miami closed the door on that deal. You know, so I just think that quitter is looking out to say what they have out there for me because he's not going to pick any team up. He wants some pieces. He ain't trying to rebuild. He wants something already there. That's what I'm, I think about that quitter. But, no, <laughs> Ask for the quitter. So, uh, who yeah. knows about all that? I, you know, I, I, you I, I, look, Mike. all you them rumors me. having to do with the Dolphins, I, I would take all of that with a grain of salt. No, I mean, I, I wanna, I wanna that was obviously a crazy you, organization. But you cursed today. You called them by his government name. We don't. That? Saints fans don't call him by his government name. He's known as the quitter forever. Okay. <laughs> Have a good one, Flip. All right. Take care. <laughs> well, I think I think Paul and I are in a minority there, but no, I'm Casper the quitter. I uh, Paul's hard on the man today. Hard on the man, but no, I I don't know about all that Miami, that Miami Dolphins stuff, but but no, I really since the Deshaun Watson. Rumors began, and we've been discussing this on the air and off the air. I don't know that I've actually thought about could the potential of getting draft picks for Casper to quitter if he ever comes back for another team um, enter the Saints' mentality and their willingness to give up draft picks thinking that they have a decent chance of getting some back. And I wonder, you know, I would think that they've had some communication uh, with Casper since um, since he left and, and what his plans are or an idea, and who knows, maybe even since this happened. That's the good thing about, at least as far as we know, him not leaving because of any lingering bitterness or, you know, grudges he has. And it seems like everything was totally um, 
amicable and everybody's on good terms. And so hopefully they can um, have a few of those conversations. But again, you know, obviously we're just kind of talking about this and, and what's possible. But um, man, Paul sounds Paul sounds um, very vindictive here. So I, uh, you know, that's all. It's all part of the deal. Again, uh, if you well, we're about to uh, take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Bobby Nova. But later in the hour, we'll have more open phone lines. If if you want to discuss any of those, um, uh, certainly any of those subjects, as well as Major League Baseball, and someone did point out, and I, I it's kind of like the issue we had a long time on the college level when dealing with being a commitment or a signee. Um, all these moves we're hearing, a lot of us, including myself, have said they signed. Well, they didn't actually. They agreed to terms, and so that correction is, is well has been well made. They've agreed to terms, and they will physically sign or actually officially sign probably tomorrow when the new NFL year begins or Thursday or whenever. But um, I think most of us... When we hear agree to terms, we realize that that's a technicality and, and officially they're going to sign, um, you know, whenever they get around to it over the next day or so. So that, But that is a distinction for the sake of accuracy that, that needs to be made there. Uh, agreed to terms and, and not signed. So good point. Um, but there's a lot of that going on for sure. And, you know, in a, the Arnolds, in addition to signing – an offensive guard yesterday. They also signed a safety from Minnesota, Xavier Woods. So that's two areas of their team that needed addressing, and they addressed. Um, I'm sure some of that is to put their best foot forward and trying to convince Deshaun Watson that they're trying to head in the right direction. But I mean, I mean, even whether they get Deshaun Watson or not, a, a, a starting offensive guard in a in a in a good safety is going to help the team moving forward. Either way that you look at it. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more. Talk Cajun softball with Bobby Nova next on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnolds. Benedict Arnolds. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we get to our special guest, Bobby Nuvo, I want to remind you, the game 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, wants you to be part of our team for the Lake Charles Championship. You could win a dozen golf balls and a spot on the game foursome. That's right. You get to play golf. With Big Ball Beautiful, the Walrus, as we have now come to know, uh, Raymond, uh, 
for the Lake Charles Championship Pro-Am a week from tomorrow. That's Wednesday, the March the 23rd. To enter a chance to win this prize, you simply need to text NUGGET, N-U-G-G-E-T, text NUGGET to 68683, text NUGGET to 68683. You'll have a chance of being on the golf team with RP3, presented by the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right. Let's go to our special guest, Mr. Bobby Nuva. How are you, sir? Uh, probably not as good as you, Foot. Oh, why you say that? Well, I mean, aren't, aren't you hanging out at the golf course? Well, I am, but my team didn't trade um, Gary Sanchez this week, so I don't know. Well. Well, still, I mean, I wouldn't mind being, you know, hanging out with you at the golf course. But, I understand. Uh, so tell me, um, just before we get to Cajun softball, as a Yankee fan, are you encouraged or worried about the acquisition of, of Josh Donaldson? No, I, I mean, I think those guys are professionals, you know. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I think he's, you know, going to help the Yankees and – uh that's all I'm worried about. If he can help us win, you know. No, I, all that I, I, other stuff is, is is. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, all that yeah. stuff will get taken care of behind the scenes. I'm not worried about that. I'm just talking yeah. about Josh Donaldson, the baseball player. How much do you think he can help? Well, um, I mean, he's getting up in age, you know, but I think he's got a little bit left in the tank, and uh, I think he's excited about coming to the Yankees and. I think that's going to make a difference in, you know, the way he plays. And at least I hope so, you know. I'm trying to be positive about the whole situation. No, I understand. So, do you – can you think of two or three maybe Brave fan friends that you would have a good time with if Freddie Freeman ends up signing with the Yankees? Well, I can think – yeah, I can definitely think of a couple <laughs> – you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I don't think that... that's, I mean, honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen either. I think Anthony Rizzo is going to be the first big for the Yankees. In, in, in fact, um, you might be playing, if you believe the recent rumors, pretty good chance you're going to be playing against Freddie Freeman a lot because the Blue Jays and the Red Sox are two of the teams that that is supposedly rumored to be uh, negotiating with him, so we'll see how. Well, hopefully he goes to your favorite team. Oh, I don't, uh, I'd rather him go to the Red Sox and the Punks. <laughs> not but we'll, not we'll, me. We'll... <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Difference of opinion here. All right. Cajun yeah. softball playing Texas in a in a doubleheader tomorrow at Lamson Park, 4 o'clock, and um, – you know, Texas isn't LSU. Texas isn't quite um, Alabama, I don't believe, but still would be, um, you know, a good win or two wins if they can get it. Do you feel like uh, the team is 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 in the same shape to maybe win one or two of these games, or um, this, or maybe in a little better shape than they were when they played Alabama and, and LSU? Well, I'm hoping we, you know, hoping we can go out and and get a win, and I'm hoping we can go out and get two wins tomorrow. Maybe, you know, maybe that's just wishful thinking. But, um, you know, I think Coach Glasgow, after that loss, you know, that, that that first game loss this weekend, 
kind of shuffled the lineup a little bit, and we saw a little bit more offense in the second and third games, and uh, you know that, that was a little bit more encouraging, and uh, especially against Texas because you know you said they're not LSU and they're not Alabama, but Texas is uh, they're very good offensively. Uh, if you're going to beat Texas, you're going to have to, in my opinion, I think you're going to have to score some runs. And you're going to have to take advantage of the opportunities to score runs and not leave people on base. And, and it looked like in game two and three of the series this weekend, you know, we, uh, we did a better job of doing that. And, uh, so hopefully that will carry over to, to tomorrow. You know, we had that big, that big five-run inning uh, with two outs, nobody on base, then we, mm-hmm. we score five runs, you know. And that, that shows you right there, Foot. <laughs> I know how much you love umpires and referees. And uh, if you remember, uh, the, the, the pitcher for Georgia State, she threw a changeup to Jordan Campbell. And, and I think she, she fooled Jordan, and I think she fooled the umpire. Uh-huh. And uh, if you remember that pitch, Yes, sir. And and that that pitch would have ended that inning, and we scored five runs after that. It, it so it, you know people that think that umpires and officials don't determine outcomes of games they they just living in la la land. But we don't want to go down that road today. But uh, again, we're speaking with Bobby Nova. So you know the the there's so many things about you know it seems like the team is in still in transition. You know, again, you mentioned change the lineup. Maddie Hayden, who had been hitting in the one, two, three, or two in the three spot, she she was hitting ninth. And, uh, you know, the, they're, they're still trying to figure things out. Ari Quinonez got some um, at-bats over the weekends and some starts over the weekends, and she hadn't been doing so. And I know he's not going to do this, but if Coach Glasgow um, – from what you've seen so far, if Coach Glasgow said one day, "Okay, Bobby, you you, you see all these games, you you know you, you you know all these players, so I'm gonna let you make the lineup out today." How, how if Coach let you make the lineup for the first game tomorrow against Texas, who, who would be playing what position? You want me to go through all the positions? Yeah. Okay. Of course, Pisco would be. Uh... Pisco's a catcher, and uh, Taylor Roman, you know, based on how she played last weekend, would be at first. Stormy uh, at second uh, to start the game. Uh, probably Langliers at uh, at short. Either Langliers or I'd like to see I'd like to see uh, Mayu maybe get a start at, uh, at short at some point. Maybe you know, with either either tomorrow or over the weekend. Uh, Jordan Campbell back at uh, at third base. Um, probably uh, Sam Grader in left and Maddie in center, and uh, Jenna Keen in in uh, right field. You know, Jenna Keen is an interesting guy. Probably in the circle for game one. Right. So you, I'm glad you brought up mentioned the name Jenna King. You know. I, you know, I'd heard a lot of good things about her coming into um, the start of the season <clears throat> from the fall and from the spring. And then and then she kind of didn't get off to a great start. And, 
you know, she's had a couple defensive lapses. Well, over the weekend, she made a great defensive play, and she got a chance to start and hit in the leadoff spot. So you think it's a matter, okay, let's see what you can do, kind of like you did with Ari, and it's just really about her seizing the moment for the next week or so. Yeah, probably so, Kevin. You know, I like her in the lineup, especially in the leadoff spot. She's really, really worked hard on her short game, on her bunny. You know, last year she really struggled. She had that shoulder injury last year that affected her both defensively and offensively. And she really, really concentrated on her short game in the fall and, 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 and you know, in the, in the scrimmages in, in January and early February. Really worked hard on her bunt game. And I think you would agree that it shows in, in, in the games, that, you know, in that bats that she's been able to have. And, I mean, if she gets a bunt down, they're not throwing her out. You know? Right. And uh, she's just got elite speed. And then when, it's, when she's in the lineup, I, I, I like Maddie Hayden either in the nine hole or in the two hole, you know, uh, with those two kids back-to-back with just both of those kids have elite speed. And uh, if Jenna can continue to play like she did uh, over the weekend, I think she'll continue to be in the lineup. It, and when she does that and hits in the lead, I kind of like the idea of what we've seen from Stormy Consolnick so far of her hitting in a more RBI uh, friendly position. What do you think of that? I, I agree with you 100%. She doesn't strike out much. Uh, for the most part, she's very patient at the plate. And, you know, for a kid that can hit, and I don't think Stormy's going to hit a ton of home runs, but she, I think she's going to hit a, a lot of doubles. You know, she's a she's a kid that, that can hit the ball to the opposite field in, the, in that left center field gap, and she can also pull the ball into the right center field gap. I think she's going to hit a lot of doubles and as long as he leaves her in that three, four, five, you know, area in the lineup, I think she's going to drive in a lot of runs. She's very capable of doing that. And and then she's another kid that's got elite speed. You know, she she turns a lot of a lot of doubles into triples. You know, we saw that. Over the oh yeah, weekend. she she definitely she gets, gets a lot the of triples. In the gap, you know, she's looking she's looking for a triple. A- absolutely. So the other the other interesting player to me is, is Carly Heath and. You know, you, you you saw we saw over the weekend on Sunday was it you know she hits the home run to kind of end it and um, or to make the run rule and you you know we saw the power at the end of last season and yet the consistency hadn't always been there and so you need to get her at bats but it's got to be a tough decision on how many and when and um, and then she's also pitching too so you got to factor that in. Uh, that a lot of tough decisions there having to do with Carly, it seems. Yeah, when Carly, you know, when Coach Glasgow decides he, he wants to go with a power lineup or, you know, what he calls a power lineup, Carly Heath has to be in there. And, uh, you know, she's she's not a kid that's going to probably, she's not going to hit for a high average, but she does have really, really good power. And, you know, she can, she can provide you with a three-run bomb, you know, just about at any time she goes to the plate and, uh, so, like I said, when when he decides he wants to go for power, uh, you got to have Carly in there. And then when she's not in the starting lineup, she provides you with a, a really good uh, pitch hitting, you know, uh, option uh, coming off the bench. Like you know, if maybe Jenna Keen is coming to the plate and there's runners on second and third with two outs or something like that, that you can you can go to a kid like Carly Heath if she's not in the starting lineup to give you a chance to drive those runs home. 
last thing, Bobby, before we let you go. I really think Kendra, I would, I mean, pretty much think that she's going to start either game one or game two tomorrow against Texas. How she pitches, I think, is going to be huge because she kind of went into a slump. She's pitched very well in her last few outings. But like you said, this is an elite offense or a very good offense that they're going to be facing tomorrow. So if she can look like the Kendra Lamb that we saw at the end of last season that went into Baton Rouge and a regional and shut out LSU, more not that she has to throw a shutout, but just pitching really effectively, um, that could be a great sign moving forward. I think so. And, and I think the key for Kendra is, is uh, you know, when she attacks the hitters, she, she seems to be a lot more successful. You know, she's – uh, when she's able to throw first pitch strikes and get ahead in the count, uh, that's when she has the most success, and that's what she did in that in that game on Sunday against Georgia State. I mean, she uh, you know she kept her pitch count down, and she uh, she was able to throw first pitch strikes, and then and and then a lot of like on Saturday when she pitched, uh, she she got into a lot of 0-2 counts, and then wasn't able to close the hitters out. Because, you know, when she gets sometimes in 0-2 counts, she gets into that mindset of trying to uh, get hitters to swing at pitches out of the zone, to chase pitches out of the zone, and then she gets her, you know, gets the hitters back into the count. And then that's, you know, when she gets in trouble sometimes. So uh, I like to see Kendra just attacking the hitters throughout the attack. seems to me when she does that is when she has the most success. I agree. LSU did a great job of laying off her rise ball, and we'll see if Texas can do the same or not. All right, Bobby, we appreciate your time as always. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow out at Lamson Park, and we'll see what the Cajuns can do. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me, man. All right, Bobby Nuvo talking Cajun softball like he loves to do. And also, you know, we're going to all season long, we'll be talking, especially when Major League Baseball gets started, we'll be talking about Yankees and Astros and and baseball issues as well. Always love to have fun with Bobby with the Yankees. And, again, uh, you know, he, he, he hates to strike out, and I don't hate it quite as much as him. And so um, one day Bobby will get it that the purpose in as a Yankee hitter is to not hit the ball. And, and once he grasps that, I think he'll, he'll enjoy it a little bit more. All right, we appreciate uh, Bobby coming on. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one. Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And of course, I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of safe fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Again, we are here all week. This is day two of the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open out in Le Triumph. 
presented by Mistross, and we want to thank our sponsors, the people responsible for us being able to spend a week out here. We'll start with Tibbs Trailers. You're thinking trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, uh, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed flatbeds and hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusan. Also, Rope, Soap, and Dope, America's workplace authority for over 20 years, offers supplies and all for all your industrial safety and janitorial needs online you can get them at ropesoapanddope.com or visit their showroom on highway 90 to find out how they can help your business the cigar merchant you're always welcome to sign up at the cigar merchant katie premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located in the oil center also golf connection usa golf connection louisiana.com they offers tailor-made stealth drivers. They're here, as well as a large selection of golf bags and shoes. The Golf Connection USA, located on 2009 West Pinhook in Lafayette. Again, the game hotline, if you would like to get in, talk anything about Cajun softball. We've talked about NFL free agency, the NFL trade rumor, specifically Deshaun Watson and the Saints and the Arnolds, and he's supposedly meeting with the Browns today. We've also talked about the NCAA basketball tournament. LSU, do you really expect them to just crash and burn because Will Wade is not going to be on the bench like he has all season? It seems like nationally and locally everyone is convinced that's going to happen. I'm I certainly understand why everyone's saying that. I'm not as I'm not just assuming that because I've seen way too many incidents where teams have something traumatic happen to them, especially at this time of the year, and they kind of rally around each other and and say, you know, kind of get a us versus the world thing going, and they perform better than you think that they might. So we'll see. Um, I guess we're about to see really what kind of leadership LSU has amongst their players because that's what it's going to take for them to do this. So that would not sh- sh- shock me at all. Also, um, it's more of a baseball thing than it is a basketball thing, but I've joked for years that, uh, and especially in baseball, and the Milwaukee Brewers did it one time. Uh, if you if you really really need to win, uh, fire your coach for a weekend, and uh, sometimes you you play much better. So uh, again, that's more of a baseball thing than it is basketball, but it, it could include basketball. So we'll see how uh, that plays out with LSU um, when they play uh, on Friday against Iowa State again. Their chances are probably a little better than some people are giving them just because Iowa State's not exactly like, uh, you know, a top-notch team that they can't beat. So, I mean, I I, I kind of think LSU's going to win this game, i got to tell you. All right, let's go to the game hotline, talk to our old friend Manny. Hello. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Boy, it turned into a lovely morning, huh, out there at Latreon. It's a little better than I thought it would be when I, you know, early this morning when I got, really early when I got awakened by lightning for sure, yes. <laughs> I would imagine you were, a little, you were a little nervous when you got jolted out of bed by those lightning bolts. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> okay, Kevin, listen. Here, I got a couple of things. Uh, I, I, I really think LSU got a, a good draw. Uh, you know, I do. Uh, I, I actually think they could win both of those games. I, I mean, you know, if they, if the second game, the first game that they should win, and I think if all things were were normal, you know, uh, I think they would win that game. It's hard to tell. You know, it can be a very emotional thing for people to go through a traumatic, you, you know, uh, experience. Like, I mean, listen, no matter what we think about Will Wade, those kids, more than likely most of them really like or love Will Wade. I mean, he seems like that kind of guy with his players, you know. So, uh, I mean, it could go either way. But I think both of the games, the first one for sure, the second one is a winnable game. Not like they're going up against a super world beater. You know, I don't, I don't think they'll win the second game just because I'm not, you know, as you know, I'm not a big LSU. And I'm not impressed with the with their fundamentals and the team overall, but it's a winnable game. Okay, second thing, I, I've been, man, I'm, one, I'm worried about our boy, uh, uh, James P. Bitterman, brother love. I mean, certainly I thought he would have circus by now to talk about uh, the – General Custer, his boy, General Custer, the massacre. Uh, so, uh, oh, you know, I did, I don't, I'm worried about him. I'm hoping maybe I'm trying to flush him out. Maybe he'll call in, you know, maybe tomorrow or whatever. And the last thing, is, you know, I just think that, you know, the whole Deshaun Watson thing, you know, we have to – we kind of think like Deshaun Watson goes in and says, oh, he's not really negotiating who's traded and – so on and so forth, who the players are. But I do think he probably would, when talking to these teams, Kevin, I'm sure he's saying, hey, uh, now who, you know, who, who do you think would, you might have to give up? Because, I mean, I mean, the guy wants to know, let's say the Saints are thinking of giving up Ramchek. You know, I'm sure he wants to know things like that, you know, going in. Right. In addition to, you know, what, what their plan is for him. I'm sure he wants to know things like that. So, I mean, He's not actually negotiating the players, but, uh, you know, he's going in and talking to teams, and then I'm sure his agent is talking to the Texans because I doubt that he talks to anybody over there and saying, look, you know, these teams are a good fit. This is not a good fit. I'm more interested in this or that. So you know, I know he has input, not necessarily that he's picking the players, but, you know, I'm sure he is interested in – all Absolutely. All right, so, Manny. So let, let me know. Do, are, are you going to be excited if they pull the trigger on this? Or are you going to be oh, relieved yeah. if he goes to uh, yeah. Orneville or the Browns well, I mean, or wherever? I, I don't know. I, yeah. Me, picks? Listen, uh, a pick doesn't even, you know, I don't know. I know you're not a succession fan, a fan of succession, but I'm, I'm watching succession right now. Not NRP, not real person. A pick's not a real person, you know. I mean, a pick is some fictitious character that lives in, in our what we hope will happen. I, listen, I do not – I could care less how many picks they give up. Now, you know, real people on the team, I, I, I really want to see. I'm not really interested in Ramchek going, uh, you know, our boy Davenport, he could, they could give him a ticket today. Wouldn't hurt my feelings. Uh you know, so, I mean, it, it, it depends, but I'm, picks don't hurt my feelings at all because, you know, uh, that, like I say, they not they aren't real people right now. So uh, I'm more interested in who the real people are involved in the trade. and then, But uh, I'm, I'm 
I'm about 90% sure that I would be in favor of the trade, uh, depending on who the, who the real people are. I got you. All right. We appreciate your input right, as always, sir. All right, man. Thank you. All right. You know, Manny, there, there are a lot of people who agree with Manny's opinion that picks are just not that important. I, I just, I think at some point there's some short-sightedness there. Like, again, you just can't, I guess you could try doing what the Rams have done, but that's just, that is a tough way to do it. I think the Rams got really fortunate um, that it played out for them, but I just don't think that's the right way to run an NFL franchise. I think you have to, I think you have to build on picks. It's just too difficult to have to go out and make these great trades or uh, you know pick up a disgruntled receiver in midseason or an, you know an aging linebacker like they did with Vaughn. I mean, I just think that's a tough way to go. And you're and you just you're never able to replenish people that get injured or replenish your roster, your your depth chart with someone who leaves in free agency um, because you don't have really good players that you've drafted to come up and and start behind them. So I don't know. I think that's a tough way to go. Uh, so I understand not being all that worried about lost draft picks, but I think you have to draw the line there somewhere because you you have to. Um... All right here. Man, what is going on here? Adam Schefter reports seven minutes or tweeted out seven minutes ago, the Falcons have emerged as a sleeper team to acquire Deshaun Watson. The Falcons joined the Arnolds, the Saints, and the Browns as the team that have met with or interested in trading for Watson. Wow. So basically the NFC South is going after Deshaun Watson. They could give up Matt Ryan, who um, would give them the best. Mo but again, okay, I'm trying to think like the Texans would think. Matt Ryan could give them a couple years. And is that to make sure Davis Mills is ready or just it would give us something to, you know, a stopgap borderline Hall of Fame kind of quarterback going into? I don't I don't know. The Falcons. Maybe they're just going, man, we don't want him in our division. We got to go try to get this guy. Pull a little Yankees Red Sox thing. Wow. Didn't expect to hear that today. That uh, kind of makes you shake your head a little bit. We'll, we will see. That makes it a whole different competition. <laughs> Just because as, as there's one, you want them, and then there's two, you don't want them to go to the Arnolds or the Falcons. So, so you have to one. Not, you know, you could be a two-time loser there. Not only do, do you, might, you might not get them, on your team, but you might have to play them twice a year. That's even worse. Wow. Adds a whole different element to this deal. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out today's show. Next, 103.7 The Game. I'm sorry, 103 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All righty. Welcome back to Footnotes. 
on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Again, we are out at Latrium for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross. We want to again thank our sponsors, Tibbs Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, The Cigar Merchant, and Golf Connection USA. So we are um, appreciate their sponsorship of our coverage of the Louisiana Open this week. And we'll be talking, <coughs> obviously, a lot more golf once we get to Thursday in the last two days of the week. We'll be able to update you on um, what's going on on the golf course tomorrow after the show. We will have, they'll have like a little press conference situation, which they haven't had yet because yesterday was a pro-am and today's just a practice day, real informal. And so we'll be able to talk a few more, a little more golf statistics in the middle of all this NFL and NCAA tournament and Major League Baseball and everything else going on in the world. But wow, what um, the the, um, kind of a, blockbuster deal or major curveball there news for that the fact that the falcons get into this you know that that will that might change the opinion of a lot of saints fans you know i'm not really one of them real huge of saints as saints fans go i'm not one of those huge i hate the falcons more than anything uh saints fan guys but there are plenty of them out there obviously many of you are so uh, if if it becomes a competition between the Saints and the Falcons, that kind of ups the ante more than even a competition between the Saints and the Arnolds for a lot of longtime Saints fans. So that adds a whole different element into whether you put your personal okay into the Saints trying to get Deshaun Watson wild. So we'll see how, how that plays out. Uh, oh, man. Well, it looks like we've survived the bad weather report so far today out of La Triumph, and we'll see how that plays out. And remember, tomorrow the walrus hits the golf course. <laughs> wow. We'll be back. Y'all have a nice day. <laughs>